Good morning again, everyone. Welcome to church. Thanks for being here today. Pastor Jason uh, actually uh, stole a little bit of my thunder. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk a little bit about the storms that happened yesterday and just um, the severity. Um, there was there was loss of life yesterday and property destroyed and and that's just. I mean, it's devastating. Um, and I just. I wanted to take them, even though he already did, I wanted to take a moment right now and just, just lift the, those families up, lift that community up. So would you join me really quickly in a prayer um, for, for those affected by the storms? God, we, we love you. And oh God, it's, it's difficult to see, um, to see natural disasters um, that take life. It's difficult to see natural disasters that destroy everything that, that we own. And um, God, I don't, I don't know. I don't always understand why it has to happen. And I don't understand the, like, you know, like what goes on in the aftermath of it. But God, like you do, you're sovereign. You, you hold it all in the palm of your hand. And, and God, we just, we, we lay it at your feet today and we say, God, um, do what only you can do. Bring comfort to those families affected by the, the storm, by the damage, by, by those uh, who they, they lost their lives. God, bring comfort to those families in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would um, heal and restore the community, God, as, as they begin to pick up the pieces from, uh, from, from the storm and the, the damage of the storm. Uh, we trust you, God, and we, we look to you as our, our living hope. Thank you, God, for, for the, the good things that you have in store for us. I pray that you would allow us to be the hands and feet uh, of Jesus as, as the coming days go so, so we can bring hope to those who, who need it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, also wanted to address really quickly the, uh, the lack of egg hunt. I was really bummed by that. Um, I was so excited to do that and... and it's just crazy how that weather happened on the one day that we planned to do a community event. So um, we, we did reschedule the egg hunt for May 6th. Yes, it's post-Easter, but hey, who doesn't want free candy? Who doesn't want bounce houses and face paint and all that fun stuff? So um, we're still going to do it, but we're going to do more of a post-Easter egg hunt. So um, yes be uh, ready for that. So today is Palm Sunday, and everyone should have gotten their palm leaf uh, as they walked in in commemoration for today. Um, I uh, grew up going to Catholic church, and so this is traditional for me. I'm used to this on Palm Sunday, so I wanted to kind of bring you into my tradition. Um, uh, I... And, and it being Palm Sunday means that Easter is one week away, and I'm so excited, so excited for Easter, so excited to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. But today I want to observe what Palm Sunday is about. Today, Christians around the world are celebrating the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Most people call that Palm Sunday. And the reason they call that Palm Sunday is because the crowd that welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem did so by laying palm branches, palm leaves, on, on the road in his path. And so they call it Palm Sunday. And those who greeted him, they were convinced that he was the Messiah. They were convinced that Jesus was the king that had come to establish the kingdom of God on earth. 
And, and as I think about it, I think, man, it must have been a, a dramatic sight to, to see Jesus riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, which the donkey was actually a, a symbol. It was a symbolic of his humility as this coming king. The Bible says that the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Even those who weren't a part of the welcoming uh, crowd, they listened eagerly to his teaching over the next few days. It was quite the sight, but not everyone in Jerusalem welcomed him. Not everyone welcomed him. The very next verse says that the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is this guy? Not everyone welcomed him. And that, that makes me think of today. Some welcome Jesus as king and some don't. Some, some see Jesus and, and they recognize his kingship. Others are like, who is this guy? Jesus, Jesus who? And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the kingship of Jesus. But before I dive into the scriptures, let's pray this morning. Pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you. Uh, we praise you, God, for this, this season and what it means. Uh, Easter's next week and, and just what it represents for us, the, the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus, and, and how it, it paid the debt for all of our sins, making a way to you. But God, today it's Palm Sunday and it's recognizing the kingship of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to hear what your word has to say to us this morning. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can open it up or turn it on to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to go all the way through verse 11. And before I read the scriptures, I want to let you know that whenever I preach, I preach from a perspective of there and then. Say there and then for me. Uh, come on, Anchor Church. Say it like you mean it. Say there and then. There you go. There and then, what does that mean, Pastor Ryan? Here's what that means. If we're going to understand how the Bible applies to our lives here and now, I believe we have to understand what it meant there and then. To understand the words of the Bible, I believe we have to understand the world that the Bible was written in. Because a lot of people want to take Scripture and twist it to, to, to fit what they want it to fit, and, and, and they want to use it as a weapon against people. But I believe that God's Word is to edify, and it's to build us up, and it's to make us more like His Son. And, and I believe that comes through understanding what it means. So Mark chapter 11, verse 1, uh, starting in verse 1. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Really quickly, I think it's really interesting that, that Jesus told them to say, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. Just, just, a, just a little note. The Lord needs it and will return it soon. Keep that in the back of your head. Uh, the two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. So these people are ceremoniously, uh, they're ceremoniously covering the ground in ways that uh, signal Jesus' royal identity. 
right? They, they start by throwing their cloaks on the ground. And this is actually uh, echoing the coronation of King Jehu of Israel. And you can find that story in 2 Kings chapter 9. Um, so, but, but this is kind of uh, echoing that. And then they start throwing palm branches on the ground uh, uh, in, in, in his path. And this is echoing actually the conquering of Jerusalem by Simon Maccabeus. If you don't know who Simon Maccabeus is, Simon Maccabeus is a Jewish leader that lived about 150 years before Jesus was born. And uh, Simon Maccabeus is, is famous in Jewish culture for leading a guerrilla army in recapturing Jerusalem from pagan rule. This is history. You could go look it up after this, is, after this service is done. Um, but this is who Simon Maccabeus is. And he, he's famous for recapturing Jerusalem from pagan rule, rightfully returning Jerusalem to the kingdom of Israel. And people believed that Jesus was the coming king, rightfully taking his place in the kingdom of God, in the city of David, right? So this is like, this isn't just like another thing. This is a huge moment for these people. This is what they've been waiting for for a thousand years, for 1,500 years. This is what they've been waiting for. This is a huge moment. Verse 9, Jesus was in the center of the procession, and, all, and the people all around him were shouting, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David, praise God in highest heaven. The things they were shouting was just further confirmation that, that Jesus was this coming king. He was this, this Messiah. They, they saw him as this anointed king. First, they shout, the, the first thing they shouted was a standard pilgrimage of, uh, uh, for, towards uh, leaders, right? Um, it was found in Psalm 118, 26. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house. Uh, yeah, we bless you from the house of the Lord. But then they take it a step further. They say, blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. See, they knew that the Messiah, they knew that the king that was going to reign forever was going to come from the line of David. And they saw Jesus as that. They saw Jesus as Messiah. Messiah's here. He's here. Victory, right? We, we went touchdown. Everybody wins, right? Verse 11. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around and carefully after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with 12 disciples. With the 12 disciples. So, so Jesus makes what, what many people call the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's greeted by people shouting and recognizing his kingship. This triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem on a donkey is actually... Uh, an Old Testament prophecy fulfilled. And you can find that prophecy in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine. It says, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So there's so much going on in this portion of scripture, but today I wanna focus on the kingship of Jesus. That's what I wanna look at today. Jesus as king, Jesus as Messiah, the, the coming king to reign over God's kingdom on earth. Many people welcome the idea of Jesus as Savior, right? Oh, I was lost and now I'm found and Jesus saved me. Oh, I was dead in my sins and Jesus saved me from death. Oh, praise God. They're, they welcome that as long as it ends there. Not a lot of people want to welcome Jesus as Lord. They're, they're 
okay with welcoming him as Savior, but they don't want to welcome him as Lord, meaning that he gets to call the shots. If Jesus is Lord, he gets to call the shots in my life, in your life, in all our lives, if he's Lord. There's two things today that I want to talk about that I believe we have to understand about welcoming Jesus as king. There's two things. The first thing that we have to understand about welcoming Jesus is this. Whoever welcomes Jesus welcomes his authority over their life. Whoever welcomes Jesus welcomes his authority over their life. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. All authority is his. There's nothing outside the scope of his authority. All authority is his. In any kingdom, the king is the shot caller. In any kingdom, the king makes the final say. And in any kingdom, the buck stops with him. And when we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to his standard, and we're saying no to the world's standard. When we welcome Jesus, we're making a claim that he is greater than me. We're making the claim that, that, that I should become less and he should become more. That's, that's what we're saying when we're welcoming Jesus. When you welcome Jesus, you welcome Jesus' authority over all you possess. When you welcome Jesus, you're welcoming his authority over everything you possess. Whether, uh, whatever you own, it's, it's at his disposal, whenever and wherever he wants it. Welcoming Jesus means what is yours becomes his. And that's true of any donkey you own. It's true of every horsepower in your car. It's true of any penny, every penny in your pocket, every dollar in your bank account. It's true of every talent, ability, gift. It's true of every moment of every day. It's true of every day of your year. Everything you possess is his when you welcome him as king. Everything you possess is underneath the scope of his authority when you welcome him as king. Welcoming Jesus means welcoming his right to say to you, the Lord is in need of this hey, I need this thing that you have. When you welcome him as king, that's what you're saying yes to. When I welcomed Jesus as uh, the king of my life when I was 18, this became my reality. I went from a, a please myself first lifestyle to a I am second lifestyle. Every, every little bit of money I had, which was a little bit, Every little bit of money I had, I, I, I wanted it to go to him. Every, every talent I had became his. Every, all of my time became his. Instead of using my people skills to, to try and gain for myself, I would use my ability to connect with people to advance the kingdom of God because everything I have is his. Everything I have is his. Growing up, I, I always enjoyed music. I always enjoyed music, loved it, loved music. When I gave my life to Christ, I began to ask him, I began to ask myself, how do I turn my, my love for music into service for God? And that's when I began to learn how to play musical instruments because I wanted to serve God in as many ways as I could. Everything I have is his. Everything I have is his because when you, when you welcome Jesus, you're welcoming his authority over your life. So that's the first thing we have to understand about welcoming Jesus as king. When we welcome him as king, we're welcoming his authority over our life. The second thing, the second thing that um, we need to understand today about welcoming Jesus as king is this. Whoever welcomes Jesus welcomes his inspection in their life. 
Whoever welcomes Jesus welcomes his inspection in their life. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 say this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. As his church, we should welcome his inspection. As his church, we should welcome that inspecting eye. He, he is the standard by which we judge every song we sing, every board meeting we hold, every show we watch. He's the standard. We no longer set the standard. He's the standard, and we need to allow him to inspect every, every inch of our lives. If we welcome Jesus as king, we welcome his inspection. And, but this is very hard for a lot of people. This is very hard for a lot of people who live in an uh, individualistic, social media crazed, subjective truth world. This is hard. This is hard because everybody, it, there's no longer an objective standard that everybody has to live by. Everybody is judged by their own standard now. So inspection is really rare. This, this idea of inspection is really rare now because there's no baseline standards anymore. In a society without baseline standards, uh, again, inspection is rare. And because everybody's now hold, held to their own standard, it's funny. It's funny because people have no problem. They have no problem criticizing you for how you live your life. But you better not dare show them a mirror. You better not dare show them the way they live. Don't you, don't you dare do that to me. But I'll do it to you. Don't you dare do it to me. That, that's the world we live in now. When I was a young Christian, I learned uh, to love this idea of inspection. Um, as uh, an 18-year-old uh, master's commission student, um, I had pastors inspecting my life. I had master's commission staff inspecting my life. I had other master's commission students inspecting my life. I got really used to this idea of inspection, and I actually learned to love it. And even to this day, even to this day, I have people in my life that I've given full access to, to inspect my life because that's one of the ways Jesus, Jesus inspects our lives. He uses people. He uses people to, to hold us accountable to his standard. That's one of the ways he inspects our lives. And even to this day, I have people all over the country, mentors, friends, that I've given full access to say anything they need to say to me. I even have people here. That, that I trust, that I've given permission. Hey, if you see anything in me that is not right, call it out in me. And because inspection, allowing Christ to inspect your life is still so important. It's so important to the growing process as a disciple. If we stop growing as disciples, then we start regressing, right? So we have to continue to allow God to inspect our lives. So the first thing we need to understand is, is that when we welcome Jesus as king, we're, we're welcoming his authority over our lives. The next thing is when we welcome Jesus, we are welcoming his inspection in our lives. Welcoming Jesus as, as king uh, means more than just welcoming him as savior. Welcoming Jesus as king means more than just welcoming him as savior. It's important to, to identify him as savior and welcome him as savior, but it doesn't end there. It means welcoming him to have all access to your life. 
Welcoming Jesus as king means welcoming him to have all access to your life. It means yielding to his every move. It means recognizing who you are, who I am in relation to him. That's what it means to welcome Jesus. David Redding, um, a Christian author, uh, he wrote this in, in a book that he, so he wrote a book back in the 70s. It's called Jesus Makes Me Laugh With Him. And he, this is a little excerpt from that book. It says, I remember going home from the Navy during World War II. Home was so far out in the country that when we went hunting, we had to go toward town. On that farm, I left behind Teddy, a big black Scottish shepherd. Teddy would do anything for me. He waited for me to come home from school. He slept beside me. And when I whistled, he ran to me, even if he was eating. And when I went away to war, I didn't, I didn't know how to leave him. How do you explain to someone who loves you that you're leaving him and you won't be chasing woodchucks with him tomorrow like always? Well, the last bus stop was 14 miles from the farm. I got off there that night about 11 o'clock and walked the rest of the way home. It was pitch dark and I knew every step of the way. Suddenly, Teddy heard me and began his warning bark. Then I whistled only once. The barking stopped. There was a yelp of recognition, and I knew that a big black form was hurtling toward me in the darkness. Almost immediately, he was there in my arms. Now, again, that was David Redding from the book, Jesus Makes Me Laugh With Him. But you and I are not dogs, but we could learn a thing or two from this dog. Why did this dog welcome David Redding so royally? Because he recognized his master. When you recognize your master, you give, him the, you give him the welcome that he deserves. This morning is a morning that you and I can give, give our king a royal welcome by welcoming his authority over our life and welcoming our inspection in, in our lives. That's what Palm Sunday is about. Palm Sunday is about the kingship of Jesus and welcoming him in. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we love you. We thank you. Uh, we give you praise. And um, God, I thank you that, that you have authority over, over all. I thank you, God, that you are sovereign. You are in control. And uh, I just praise you. I praise you, God. We love you. Uh, we thank you that, that you love us enough to, to want to inspect our lives. You love us enough to want to guide us and have, a, have authority in our lives, have authority over our lives. Thank you, God. I pray today that as we, as we go from this place that, that we, would, um, we would know you more deeply. We would know you better. Teach us how to know you better, God. Teach us how to know you more. We love you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Really quickly, um, so we're not done with service yet. We are going to conclude service in the pool area celebrating baptisms. So what, what I'm going to ask everyone to do right now is stand up and... Um, we need to go to the pool area. Miss Teresa, would you mind leading us? Miss Teresa, can you wave your hand? Miss Teresa is going to lead us to the pool area. Just follow her and go to, uh, to the ramp side of the pool, and uh, all the baptism candidates will be in shortly.